because sometimes even within manifesting, like you get the thing and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then you're like, you know, and it doesn't, and it doesn't either feel how you thought it was going to feel or, or you just have it. And it's a moment. It's just a moment that happens so quickly. And then you're not able to kind of live in that moment for a long time. So then you, f- you feel like the ups and downs of manifesting, which is, is it's wonderful, but it's also, I don't think people talk about that. You can feel this sort of emptiness sometimes because things happen so quick. Welcome to Elevated Frequencies, the podcast that gives you access to the next level of house and techno so you can explore an elevated lifestyle. Today's episode is about my favorite subject, which is manifestation. Manifestation is quite literally the reason I'm sitting here talking to you now. I literally manifested this podcast like I've manifested so many other things in my life. And so has my incredible guest, Kalina Zanders. Now, You may have heard her in the opening clip talk about the potential pitfalls of manifestation when what happens when you manifest too fast. Now, if you're new to manifesting, you don't really know what it is, or maybe you're just dipping your toes in the water. You may be thinking, what the hell are they talking about? Like, it takes me so long to even manifest one thing. Well, that is why today's episode is essential listening. There are so many valuable insights in here. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode with the lovely Kalina Zanders. I am so, so excited to have you on because you are just a master at so many different things. And thank you. Like when I think of you're welcome. When I think of you, I think of all the genres that you are able to cross and like transcend and bring your talent into. And I think that's so fucking cool. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Thank you. I'm actually really proud of that. So I appreciate you seeing that. You know, I've heard about you on other interviews that you grew up listening to like Insane Clown Posse. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was um, going through a, a crazy kid phase, you know, like when you're like 13, you're just like, mad at your parents and like I fully had up that whole thing going on so um yeah I did insane clown posse corn and all the like really generic stuff like uh I, I, I don't know if it, I feel I don't know why I'm smiling and feeling bad for this but um Limp Bizkit like when they were like you know when they were like harder and edgy you know yeah that's <laughs> okay but I think that's so cool that like that just speaks to the fact that you're so, you know, that you're able to go into all these different spaces because you have a lot of different inspiration. Yeah. And w- was the insane clown posse thing just to piss off your parents or did you actually like them? Um, honestly, I think it was a bit of both. Cause like at first I, I would, I just wanted to listen to the hardest stuff ever. Like I, I would think I had like a um, Biggie Smalls, uh, Notorious B.I.G. CD and my mom had found it and she like was like get rid of this you know and so I um ever since then I was just trying to listen to the hardest music ever and like just like kind of hit at the fact that like like don't mess with me I'm hardcore you know but 
And and I honestly, right. you can't listen to Insane Clown Posse for forever because it's just like, it's too intense. It's dark. You know, it's, it's, it's wild. So I, I, I went through that phase from maybe like a solid, like four months. I did too. That's why I had to ask <laughs> about it. And the pissing off the parents thing was huge. I, I don't know how I acquired this, but mm. I had, I got an ICP bumper sticker mm. and put it on my Honda. Mm. And my parents were like, get that shit off of your car. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I can no shit, no shit. I still, I, I still love ICP. Sometimes I'll put put it on and be like, "Oh my god, I remember." And you're right; it's like very intense. It's not uplifting music. But it brings <laughs> yeah. back memories. Yeah, no, know? great memories. I actually think of it riding on the. It makes me think of me riding on the school bus during. I had my mom made me take summer school, and I think that's another reason why I was mm-hmm. like really pissed. So I remember listening to that. And then the girl that I was trying to impress at the time, like, I was like, yeah, like, I was like rocking out, showing, showing her some like hard stuff. So yeah, it was a lot of different things. I love it. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. And so talk to me about, you know, your transition. Well, first of all, when did you realize that you had this, these pipes on you? Well, to be honest, I think, well, when I was younger, first of all, but not in a way that I was like, oh, I'm going to become a singer. You know, I, I was I was definitely connected to music. My mom played a bunch of, like, gospel records, rock records. Like, she did the whole thing. Um, also, she was a, what's it called, an aerobics instructor. So she always had, like, all these crazy style, songs and stuff. Um, so I think it was, like, more second nature. And it was just, like, one of those things. I just really love music. And, um, yeah, it, it didn't really become, like, a thing until I would say – not even in high school. Like I was still nervous and shy and just like, it was just something personal for me. And yeah, I think, I think, well, my mom did make me get into musical theater when I was younger. So, but even then I was like, musical theater is like, whatever, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a musical theater kid. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think like maybe in in college is when I really was like, Oh, I'm going to be a singer, you know, super late. If you ask me. Well, I don't, I don't think so. I think you, you were discovering yourself and it sounds like you came yeah. from like a musical family. So it was just like part, it's not like it came out of left field that you were so good at singing, right? If you have that background sure. and that family, that's, yeah, that's important. Yeah. So, so what about the electronic music portion? I want to get into how you literally go from like, like deep house to like AC Slater. Like that's, that's so cool. I, I think you were seeing more of it now yeah yeah really like you're you're like hopping to all these different genres so how did that happen yeah well for dance music specifically um I didn't really get into that until 2015 I I would I would say before that I didn't understand it much because I I only heard it how a lot of people hear it initially it's just like this sort of noisy repetitive you know music and you don't it doesn't really make any sense and that was you know prior to 2015 and then um, my song came out with um, with uh, um, Sunburn, and uh, Chris Lake remixed it, and like that, like put me on the the dance bug, or made me like kind of go, okay, this is interesting. Then I think what really took me over the edge is when I went um, to a festival. I performed at EDC, I think it was for the first time, and um, first time, and it was the first time I ever went to something that big, and that was like. I don't know. That was like mind blowing. And then I was just like, okay, I see the community. I understand like 
why people love this and, you know, all the different rave portions and the things that come with it. Like that was just kind of like, oh, okay, I can, I can understand it. I can do it. And even then when I said I could do it, I didn't even know what that meant. It was just like, I'm going to do it, you know, and a variety of different style styles of DJs hit me up. And so I was experimenting and hopping on different tracks and kind of seeing like, kind of seeing like what I like. Also, like I'm a singer songwriter, again, come from a rock background from being in a band and all that stuff. So it was a new, a whole new way of communicating in music for me. And I I wouldn't say it was the, I, I think it was challenging. It was challenging for me because, you know, in dance music, it's not a whole lot of song. It's just kind of like, you know, you know, a moment here, moment in the drop, maybe, and then something else. So it was really hard for me to wrap my, my brain around not saying so much. But what you do say in, in that limited amount of time is so powerful and how you sing it is so powerful. And yeah, that's what I learned. I learned, I learned that it's a full blown learning. Yeah. Yeah. Making the most of those moments. And you know who I think of, not that you have the same kind of voice, your voices sound different, but I'm sure you know who Lolita Holloway is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, right on time. Yeah. She had this powerful, insane voice that so many people used and her story is pretty tragic, you know, not getting the the credit that she deserved, but you know, you bring that, like your voice gives me the same sort of chills when I hear it, where it's just, Mm. it, it adds so much to, to a track and, and there's so much power behind it. And it's just really special. May I add something to what you just said? Um, Mm -hmm. so a lot of, you know, black vocalists not getting credit, you know, and being used in that space. And that's why right now I'm such a champion for my own career and trying to make sure that I'm at the forefront of it. And then visibility is so important because I know of so many like stories like that, where, you know, a black vocalist doesn't get their shine or they can't make careers out of it. And like, it just, it's so disappointing. And I started to understand that by walking that path and how easy it is to get into a situation where you think said big DJ is like, yeah, Oh my God, so-and-so hit me up. Oh my God. It's like a big deal. And then, you know, all they want to do is basically use you as a factory and put you in the plug you into their little track or whatever. So yeah, that, that hearing stories like that and walking my own story in that way too kind of helped me pivot to like DJing and, and really like being like, if you want me, you're getting all of me, not just like my, my vocals. So yeah. That's amazing. So, so are you saying, did the DJing part, you actually DJing come later? Um, or was yeah. that kind of happening simultaneously? No. Yeah. So it's so funny. My, my first manager, he was like, just start DJing. You should. And I was like, I don't, I'm like, what is, you know, I, I kind of was rolling my eyes in a way. And I think it's just cause sometimes the persona of a DJ just seems not so much anymore. I feel it's good, but it just seemed at the time very cheesy. And I was just like, well, I'm going to DJ. I'm not going to DJ. I'm going to DJ. And I resisted for so long. And like, my goal was always to be in a band, you know? So that's the only way I saw myself um, having a career in a lot of ways. And then, I don't know, just as time goes on, I'm hopping up on more sets, you know, Coachella, AC, um, Sunburn, all of them, like um, Bijou, Breathe Carolina. I was like, God, these guys are having so much fun. Like they're really having a lot of fun. They are struggling. They're turning knobs and, and creating a vibe. 
And I was just like, I really need to start doing that for myself, for my own sanity, for my own enjoyment of music. So yeah, it became, I, during the pandemic is mostly when I like started to do that. And how, how is it different than being in a rock band? Um, cause I guess, you know, you're, you're providing the, vo- you were providing the vocals for other artists or for other bands, but now you're making, you know, you're curating the music that's going to go with it. So what's that yeah. like? First of all, it is a wonderful, wonderful joy in, as far as thinking that you can create a vibe for somebody or for an audience and being able to put together your own style. It's just, it's really cool. And I'm, I'm learning myself in ways that I never, I mean, I always thought I would get here, but not through like DJing, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think I like, I'd have to like, you do have to analyze yourself a lot. And like, you're like, what, how are you taste making? Like, what do you like? And how do you put that, you know, to the forefront? And, um, Honestly, it's been so um, liberating and it's been um, like all those little like things I used to fuss over in music. Like I don't fuss over anymore because I have something else to distract me, if that makes sense. So it's like I have like my, you know, I have my manager, which is good. He handles all the business. And then all I can do is focus on the fun and the creation and putting together something that that I can actually make a career out of. So I think that's the biggest thing is. I feel just empowered and it's, it's so cool. And then like people are people, you get an immediate response, obviously. And it, I don't know, I'm finding it to be like almost like a new journey, a new wonder. So um, I love it. That's amazing. And I know um, I want to ask you because I've seen you talk about it on your page and we talked about it a little bit the first time we met talking about manifesting, right? And you said that you mm-hmm. weren't expecting your career to come, you know, from this direction, from from house music and dance music. So talk to me about manifesting and what it mm. means in your life because it's a big, big topic in mine. Yeah, same, honestly. Um, I'd say my earliest, like, when I first moved to LA is when I first started to tap into, like, manifesting and I remember I lived in this like one bedroom apartment in Hollywood and I would just like just write down a whole bunch of things that I wanted you know and design and just like I don't know I could just see myself doing it and talking out loud and like not convincing people but just sharing like so much of what I was going to be doing and then so much so that and I'm gonna go back but people see what I'm doing now and they're they're like, Kalina, you always said you'd be doing something like this. And I was like, really? And I was like, that's insane because, because I, I feel like it's almost like a, a natural practice to just walk in to see what you want and visualize and visualize and visualize, you know? Um, but then, and then after that though, I, I began to, I did start doing yoga and become a vegan or no vegetarian and practicing a lot of like, just like honing in the skill of your like power and, and just like your spirituality and all of that stuff. So I think, and I also wanted to become a teacher and try to teach yoga and stuff, but then I realized music was the way. And I don't know, I think just constantly believing and constantly writing the, Oh my God, sorry. I'm, I'm jumping all over the place because even last night I was like, I told my girlfriend, I was like, I don't know what I want next. <laughs> like I was like, I need to spend this week writing down 
a full picture of my life so that I can grab that and feel fulfilled, you know, getting those things. Um, cause sometimes even within manifesting, like you get the thing and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then yeah. you're like, yeah. you know, and it doesn't, and it doesn't either feel how you thought it was going to felt, how you thought it was going to feel or, or you just have it. And it's a moment. It's just a moment that happens so quickly. And then you're not able to kind of live in that moment for a long time. So then you f- you feel like the ups and downs of manifesting, which is, is it's wonderful, but it's also, I don't think people talk about that. You can feel this sort of emptiness sometimes because things happen so quick. Especially I think in this lifestyle, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you book this big show or you did this big thing and it's very public and it's very out yeah. there. Um, you know, and then you said like, it's, it's over. And then you're like, okay, yeah. what's next? But I, I do think people, even who don't necessarily want to call it manifesting, they underestimate the power of writing down the shit that's in your brain. Like you got to get it out. You got to get it out on paper and see it in front of you or it's just yeah. a jumbled mess. You need to see it yes. tangible on paper and see if it yes. makes sense when you, when you get it out, you know? Yes. You know, who's another random kind of random, but something that taught me about manifesting is rappers. Rappers are constantly really? like, yeah, they're constantly writing down and talking about, like, if you think about Jay-Z, like go back and listen to all his like songs or whatever songs he's literally manifesting his life, like talking out loud saying that I will be this. I am this. I am this. I am this. Ooh, I just got chills. Like rappers are really good at manifesting everything. Yeah. That's crazy. Now I'm going to go listen back to a bunch of Jay-Z songs. Oh yeah. Listen to Jay-Z Drake. Um, even the bad, even, even the bad stuff, like, you know, like Biggie Smalls manifested his death. So did Tupac. You know what I mean? Like things, words are so powerful. Writing things down are so powerful. Your mind is powerful. And, you know, we're meant to shape and manipulate our realities in so many different ways that we've been given those powers. And it's like, you have to really be conscious. Oh, that's another thing. You can't, even though manifesting is cool, like you actually have to be aware of this, your psyche and your, your mental health in order to do the right, you know, right manifesting or whatever it is, because we're all walking around with these brilliant brains and we're kind of like witches in a way, you know? I always, I always get like feel icky when I'm around somebody who speaks very negatively about themselves. Like, oh, I'm so unlucky. This happens to me. That happens to me. And I want to tell them, I'm like, you have to stop saying that because it's going to keep coming true. People don't realize you know, sometimes, because I haven't always been like this, I'm sure you weren't having either. Like it's something that you learn to incorporate into your life, but I'll catch myself sometimes saying something negative and I'm like, cut that shit out or it's going to happen tenfold. And it's not, it's not about toxic positivity, but it's about realizing that when something bad happens by speaking negatively, you're only just amplifying and making it worse. Mm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, lately I have I've been going on an interesting journey. I I think I'm just discovering a lot, changing a lot. More is being required of me as far as um you know, like I just I got signed to Wasserman at the end of last year. So, agent now, I'm putting out more songs now, like all of these different things. I have a lot more to juggle. 
So manifesting and writing down goals and all of that stuff, sometimes I'm like, where am I in all of it? You know? So what I've been trying to practice and what I, like I said last night, I was like, I need to refocus and re like feel that like grounded feeling amongst this chaos so that I can still have this like base of like projection or whatever, just a a healthy base to create from, you know? Absolutely. Um, and is, is journaling part of your practice too? Is it like a, like a daily or weekly thing? Do you like to journal? Yeah. I go through phases. Like when I'm like, like now I'm going through the phase of writing every morning when I, when I wake up. Um, and again, when I feel out of sorts, that's when I try to ground myself the most, the most in writing, you know, drinking lots of juices and, you know, just like little things that are like, help me with clarity, you know, scientifically your body, however that feels like that's really important being like a more of a, being more of a fine tuned conduit for the energy that's supposed to like channel through me, you know? So yeah, journaling is, is really important because you get all the messy stuff out in addition to you're just kind of creating alignment. So it's great. And I, I think it's so important whether you're an artist or uh, uh, attendee of these types of shows or just going out in general, um, it can be very disorienting late nights, you know, for someone like you touring, um, you know, there's just so much, it's so chaotic. It's, it's a very chaotic lifestyle. It's exciting and it's what you want. You know, mm-hmm. you're obviously you're, you're doing what you love to do, but it's so important to have that home base to come back to and to, you know, zen out a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. and the home base too has to follow you that's a great point so you're saying like bringing that sense of peace like we're being able to like tap into that wherever you go Mm. yes and is that is that hard to do as somebody who's always traveling for shows or have you found a way to kind of ground yourself well i think it's it is it's not as challenging because you're spending a lot of time by yourself, like in hotels. So I, I honestly mm-hmm. think it's nicer in a lot of ways because you're not distracted by like home stuff and you're just like, Oh, I have to be in my hotel from this hour. As I know that I can meditate, I can write, I can, my new thing now when I travel is I try to like go find a piece of the city. That's really cool. And like, like I went to Detroit recently and I'm like, okay, let me find something I've never I would never do in a city. And I was like, okay, I went to uh, Motown, the Motown museum. And like, that was really invigorating and grounding. And it was like, okay, I'm not just here to just to play for people, but I can hear have an enriching experience, which, which all ties into your inspiration and what you want to manifest in dreaming big. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that must be so beneficial for getting inspiration from for creating art or whatever it is, just seeing how, you know, people do their daily lives in other parts of the the country, the world and then yeah, that's such a that's such a cool privilege and it's one that you've earned obviously, but to be mm-hmm. able to go see these other cities and I don't know, just have these really awesome experiences. Um Yeah. And you, and you manifested it. <laughs> you, you did it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just really so powerful. And it's what, you know, 
manifesting is what made me meet you for the first time because, you know, I met you at EDC and they didn't have a job opening. I just Mm. uh, decided one day I wrote down in my journal, I was going to be a freelancer for insomniac. And I made a audition tape and then submitted Mm. it. No way. They They didn't have a job opening. I was just like, let me, let me just like, let me manifest this really quick. So that's how that happened. That's how we met. Wow. It really, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. People really underestimate, I think like just being big and bold and intentional um, can lead to so many amazing experiences. Mm -hmm. So what's next? Because you said you don't, I know you just told me you don't really know, right? Like you have to sit down and and kind of figure Mm -hmm. it out. But do you have any ideas? Because you're you're doing so, like I said, you're working with so many different genres. You're doing so many different Mm -hmm. festivals. Mm -hmm. Such a fun garden variety of, of work. Yes. Well, that's, that's interesting though. Like, like the what next part is that I'm trying to make sure that I don't manifest things too quickly so I can enjoy what I just manifested. Hmm. So like I'm, you know, I've got an agent. I'm so happy. I'm with a label happy. Like all those things have to play itself out in a very like, you know, healthy and, I think it has to arrive and and be out there in the world in the right way for a while. So, because I have, I have a lot of goals and a lot of things I want to get to. And I know I can only, I have to allow for things to grow too, you know? So right now it is all about creating the best experience for people at my shows and fine tuning my, what I'm trying to express it's all about that right now. And um, I've been working on, I, I work with other producers all the time and fine tuning my sound. I'm putting on an EP with the label that's super cute. But even then I have, I already know that I have more to say, like a, another palette of sounds that I want to put out. So, you know, every it's like you manifest it and everything kind of just has a ripple effect and like it, it happens after you think about it. So like, you know, so I'm already on to the next thing. Um, but you know, I am, I'm, I'm happy about being able to put out music as my own self and for people to latch onto and for people to see me as an artist. I'm really, really proud of that. And, um, I also want to be an actress and make movies. So that's a whole nother thing. Oh my God. Well, if anybody can do it, you can. I mean, you really are such a fantastic entertainer. I mean, you give you give it your all on stage and to be able to literally sing and DJ at the same time Oof. and you're so like your energy is so good. I think, you know, every every DJ has their own style, but when I am seeing somebody who's just like standing up there and not like moving around, it's not as exciting as someone like you where you're like putting your whole chest into it. Like you're like jumping around, you're smiling. Like you were literally born to do this. And that's really, that's really cool. Acting. Well, you're in the right place and you, you have the agent. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm yeah, I definitely like, I want to be in Jordan Peele style films. You know, like the there you go. sort of like scary movies, but like action oriented. 
um, psycho thrillers. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. We should, um, I'll tweet this episode to him like 500 times. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Unless next month. Unless you want me to. (laughs) I mean, tweet it, tweet it. I love what you're doing. I mean, you also find time in between creating art, you know, doing podcasts, you do the podcast circuit. I've seen you on other shows with interviews. You also find the time to be able to talk about really important issues on your own page and, Mm. you know, keep the conversation going um, about so many things that are important to this industry. So it's just, you know, they always say, if you need something done, ask the busiest person in the room because they'll do it. Mm. And I think you're, you know, really good representation of that because oh wow, I, like you're just kind of, like, you, have you ever heard that before? What you just that said? Phrase? No, mm-hmm. I've never heard that. Well, but it makes sense. I think, I think, yeah, it, 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 it does for you because like every time I log on to Instagram, I'm seeing something from you. So oh. it's really, it's really admirable. You're just like, you're, you're a powerhouse. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate that you see that um, because I am constantly doing the most and trying to take the most care with every situation, even though I'm doing a lot. And I was just watching, I was just watching um, a podcast with Maria Shriver, Oprah, and I can't remember the other, the other lady, but to me, those women are the type of people that I would like to be as far as having a huge platform, but being able to affect like change in the world. You know what I mean? And like, and also to have just a fabulous time being awesome, doing the stuff that they do. You know what I mean? But yeah, like I, I'm like, how does Oprah do it? (laughs) How is she getting to, to be everywhere at one time and then being a positive force in the world? You know, like I said, Ask the busiest person in the room if you want something done, and you are the EDM Oprah. So I think it makes a lot of a set. There's there's a lot of alignment there, a lot of alignment. It's amazing, and yeah. she's the manifesting queen. I mean, yeah. really, like her ability is so strong that she doesn't even have to write stuff down anymore. She just thinks it, and it becomes reality. I know. Oh, she's. Like I wanted to say study. something about that though. Um, planning though, having the right people around you to help you plan all of these wonderful manifestations. That's so important. So building a team you're saying that can support you and yes, absolutely. That that's important for people to hear. Cause I think a lot of people, especially creatives are afraid to relinquish control over what, over their work. Like you'll see so many creatives who are like, I'm going to make the song. I'm going to edit the video. I'm going to like do all of the above because they're just, it's like their baby. So building a strong team, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be able to do, well, when I met my manager, I was at my wits end. Like I was doing too much and not being able to like let go responsibilities and stuff. So as soon as that happened, I was able to dream big do more. And now that I have an agent, now I can do even more, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. everyone's on board and supports me and they support my ideas. 
and oh, now that I have a label as well, like all of these things are open up more access, you know, to, to whatever that's I'm trying to create. So I'm thankful that they trust me as well. Cause I, I really do feel, um, I feel very passionate and very clear about being a creator, you know? I think that's great advice to end on, you know, build, build a team that has faith in you, whether that's, you know, a support network of family, friends, whoever it may be. Um, Mm -hmm. because nobody, you know, you don't, you don't accomplish things in a vacuum or alone. No, um, everybody needs help sometimes. Yep. All the time. Honestly. Absolutely. (laughs) On the flip side, I'm a big baby too. This was, (laughs) did you say you're a big baby? Oh yeah. What do you mean by that? Just like, (laughs) (laughs) just like a baby, (laughs) like just a baby. (laughs) I'm going to do that as like the, the teaser clip for this episode. (laughs) Because yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> I love that's that. Perfect. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this was really insightful. Thank you so much awesome. for you know lending me the time and and talking about this manifestation stuff because um, I think for people who even are just dipping their toes in the water, hearing mm-hmm. from artists that they look up to and admire, like maybe that'll give them the push they need, you know, to try it out. Yes, they try it out. Do it, but I will say, I don't know if you're still recording this part, but mental health is something to tackle as well so that you can clean out the little, the little bad, I wouldn't say bad habits or conditions that we've like, we've collected in our psyche from whatever, Mm -hmm. it could be childhood, it could be whatever, anything. We're all experiencing stuff that leaves impressions on us and, you know, it's it's good to get clarity and clear out a lot of the little, the baggage so that you can be fine tuned for all the, to receive and to give, 100%, and to yes. especially give. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're completely spot on. I mean, you have to take care of your mental health first. So you're manifesting the right things. Right. And you're not using yeah. it like for not the right purposes. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing you said, which, you know, I, I always talk about, you have to, in order to receive, you have to give. It's like a mm-hmm. feedback loop. Mm-hmm. It's it's the best kind of feedback loop there is. Um, yep. And so that's really important. Yep. So thank you for sharing, Kalina. Of course. I thank you am for so me. grateful we got to speak again and uh, enjoy the rest of your day in sunny California, right? Oh, yeah. You can find Kalina Zanders on Instagram and Twitter where she talks about manifesting all the time. I want to touch back on what she said about that feeling of emptiness you may feel after you've manifested something, right? It's like a big moment you've been building towards, putting together the puzzle pieces, you know, planning for so long and it happens. It could be like an event, like in, in Kalina's case, a show or in yours or my case, like a 30th birthday party or a wedding or a graduation, whatever it is. You're building, you're building, and then it happens and it's so quick and it's over. And you're like, shit, now what? And I think a lot of this fall into this trap. And especially if you're a high achiever, you like to achieve things. It brings you, you know, joy and energy. You are constantly looking to achieve the next thing and work on the next thing. And we forget to relish in the moment and be in the moment. That's something my mother-in-law always says. Or we forget to be in the moment and really enjoy um, 
what we've just manifested because we're like already thinking about the next thing. And um, one really easy way to combat this because it's not a sustainable way to live uh, is to express gratitude. And it can be as simple as talking to your family and friends about what you're grateful for. That's not just something you have to do on the holidays. It's something you should be doing every day. Um, or write in a gratitude journal. I have one of these on my desk at all times and I write what I'm grateful for all the time because it helps me remember how far I've come and makes me stop and smell the roses a little bit. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. We are dropping new episodes every Thursday with more amazing artists. You don't want to miss out on these conversations. I'll see you next time.